Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. family. I want to thank you for friends. Thank you for everyone that's here tonight. Help us to remember that even though it's so amazing to have relationship with one another, we are firstly here because of you. We were made for you. First and foremost. And after that, how amazing to share life with one another. We honor you in this place. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you as God on earth, working here, changing our hearts, our minds, giving us ideas, moving us when we are in places of danger, challenging our hearts to make difficult decisions according to the word. We acknowledge that you are here right now, and we ask that you do as you please. We are not a man-made institution. That would be boring. We are here because as far as we know, in each step we take, we are being obedient to you to the best of our ability. So have your way. Amen. Okay. Tonight, Chan Moivis. Are you ready? We're going to go for it. Why dealing with offenses is a big deal. Why dealing with offenses is a big deal. And I just need to confess that I had to send a two-minute voice note just before church started to confess some of my own sins to someone. Because the Holy Spirit said you can't be a hypocrite. But why is dealing with offenses a big deal? Quickly, for the Afrikaans, uh, offense, what is a nice word for offense in Afrikaans? Wanneer jy anstoot neem. Okay? Um, when you are angry at someone, that's the start of offense. When you are hurt by someone, can be the start of offense. When you are disappointed by someone. Now, because we are believers and that's the way God works, stomach this. On this platform of offense, of unstood, there's also a very important thing for you to note and then to act. If you realize that maybe you have made someone angry. If you come to the conclusion or you, you get the idea that maybe you have hurt someone. Or if the Holy Spirit shows you that there's a good chance that maybe you have disappointed someone. And I'm not saying you specifically sinned against those people. I'm just saying there's a perception that there's anger, hurt, or disappointment. That's offenses. What do we do with that? Very important. Let me just say this before we go for it, that 
Jesus came to be amongst people. Okay? Israel was called God's people. One day we'll all come together, every tribe and tongue, and together we will worship God. There is no healthy way for a Christian to remain disconnected from God's people. You cannot find it in the Bible. And that creates a great problem for us because it's a lot easier to find our way in life at certain times without dealing with other humans. But it would be a lot easier for Jesus if he had not come down to die for your sins. Isn't that true? So what are we to do? And that's what we're dealing with tonight. So let's just get into this um, and uh, take the bull by the horns. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. We had the scripture up a few weeks back. Uh, we're just moving from this to create a context for the last two verses, which is very important. This is Jesus speaking, Sermon on the Mount. You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Okay, so, so you've heard it said, if you kill someone, you're in trouble. I'm saying, if you are angry, because man might look at the outward things, but God looks at the heart. That's what he's saying here. And then he goes to name-calling. Um, whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. Whoever says you fool will be liable to hellfire. What Jesus is saying, what you say with your mouth is very important because it leads to anger and it leads ultimately to murder. Right? People do get murdered every day. Just because we don't see it doesn't mean it does not happen. And it starts somewhere. It starts with our words and anger. Jesus is taking us to the seed. Okay? He goes on. So if, so... Binding that idea that murder starts with speaking or anger. He says, so, now that we have discussed that, listen up. So, if you are, now we're talking to Christians, or someone who considers themselves a believer, offering your gift, right? At the altar, and they remember that your brother has something against you or is offended by you. Anger, hurt, disappointment, given by you or received by you. Let's put them all together in the pot. What should you do? Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. They're not trying, Jesus is not trying to say your physical brother only. Okay, it's not saying to Renir if you want to worship but you're angry at Heinrich, go to Heinrich. But if you are angry with Werner, it's okay. No, he's, he's speaking about the people here. Okay, are you with me? Some people think, ah, oh, luckily I only have sisters, so that's okay. <laughs> that's the point of the scripture. Okay. I don't have brothers. Yes, that verse in the Bible at least I can say. Uh, let's go on. It's not funny anymore. Come to terms quickly with your accuser, whether it's in, in the heart or in the mouth, doesn't matter, while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser and hand you over to the judge and the judge to the God and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. 
Okay. So we are in this together. The church are being bold. She is being prepared for the husband, Jesus, to come. And his heart for us is clearly to be a part of the church and not be a part of the church. Okay? Not be isolated or alienated from the church. Which gives us a great problem for worship because at this moment there's probably about 140 people that can make you angry before you come to worship. And if it was only you, I mean, it would be easier. But he would not have it that way. You and I, we are in a difficult situation because often people are obstacles on the way to God. Obstacles to overcome. And we'll see tonight, as we overcome it, there's great benefit for us. God is very smart. He did not make a mistake. Oops. Uh, put these people together and that was a mistake. No, no, no. He's very specific with what he's doing. Very specific. He knows we hurt one another. It's what happens after that. It's very interesting and very important for us. Are you with me? So just turn to the person sitting next to you and say, Je maak het vir my moeilik. Okay, let's go on, let's go on. I've got a few things to get through. Some people are really offended with one another, and I thought it would be a joke. And this is Mark's gospel, commenting on the same playing field, saying, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. Once again, we've got this, someone going to pray or worship, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father, also who is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. It's it's talking about hypocrisy. Can you see that? Lord, I realize I need to be forgiven, therefore I will forgive. That's more or less. Now, I'm just going to give four things to you. It's it's not four points on the screen, but just I want to comment on this because this verse can be misconstrued to mean or to sound that if there's a moment in your life where you are struggling with unforgiveness, then suddenly you are not forgiven anymore. Can you see that? It's not the spirit of the scripture. Okay, Jesus is not saying if Something happens. There's a moment you're struggling to forgive. You're struggling to make sense of the situation. Why did this person do this to your child or to you? And, and then you die. It's not saying you're going to hell. Because then we would be in great trouble. It's not the spirit of the scriptures. What he's trying to say. So I'm just going to give you four things if you want to write this down. What this is saying, though, is that a work of forgiveness will be ever-present in the lives of believers. Okay, let's start there. A work of forgiveness will be ever-present in the lives of believers. Okay. The opposite is also true. That's not a point. If there is no continual work of forgiveness, it might be that this verse is very true and that you have not been forgiven yet. It's not coming through. Okay. Now, number two, 
you can give forgiveness because you were forgiven and you can give what you have received. That's what it's saying. Can you see that? Number three, just a few notes. You don't have to catch on to this. Here's the thing. If a Christian, you remain too long in a place of unforgiveness, your relationship with God will be strained immensely. Since the moment unforgiveness starts, you will feel the hand of God. Know that. Know that your prayers will be hindered. And it's a gracious hand that is pressing you back so that you can become clean. Number four, very important. Let's go deeper and harder. If you cannot and will not forgive, you do not know the measure of your own sin and you have to ask yourself whether you are forgiven. Can you see that? Okay. Are you with me? Once you have come to terms with the immense load of your own sin, it is easier to forgive others, even though who sin, those who sinned greatly against you. Right, okay, let's go on. We're laying a foundation. We're going to end up with a few points tonight. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we have fellowship with him... Okay, let's go on. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Okay. The one who made you and saved you will not allow you to not be with others who loves him and are saved. You cannot cut it. You cannot decide that rules. It's not for me and you to decide. If we say we have fellowship with him, we have fellowship with one another. I'm not saying for many people that were immensely hurt at a time in their life and maybe they are isolated from people relationally. I'm not saying it's easy to integrate, but what I am saying is as Jesus heals, he always brings you in. Heals your wounds and brings you into fellowship. It's always the same. What I also want to say with this, before we hit five points, is I'm not saying everyone must be an extrovert, Right? This will look different in my life and in my wife's life. If, if I can have a decision, if I can have, I'll, I will live in a corsace, okay? The more the merrier, ons glijber die trappe af op siep, en dan, ek weet die, Marcus, and some people need their space 100%, just hear what I'm saying. It will look differently, but, oh, when that introvert engage, the engagement is very strong. You see? Okay, so all of us, we connect like this and like that. Now, let's go on. Why is dealing with offenses such a big deal? And the first one, I'm going to go a route that we don't go enough in this church. And I'm going to say it as it is. And we're going to need to stomach moments like this because it will change our lives. The first reason why dealing with offenses is a big deal is because Jesus said so. Done. We need to come to terms. 
And there's a lot of wisdom in God, and we'll get to that. But let's, for a good measure of understanding that God is God and we are not, say this as it is, if Jesus says it, let us obey. Amen. If every time we read in Scripture what we should do or in the wisdom of other people hear good counsel, we have to wait until we can dissect and understand, you will only be your own enemy because it will take you so much longer to take simple steps. There's times and places in our lives where we just do it because it's what the Word says. And if it is written, it is God's Word to us. Make sense? Let's, let, let's grow the ability to chew on this. We are an intellectual bunch of people. Most of us have been through school and studies often. So we like to dissect the scripture, and we should. But let us not lose a simple faith. He said so. Amen? And so if I had to stop right here, I want you to be able to say I'm satisfied with the answer. Amen? Make sense? Great. Let's go on. So if you're offering your gift at the altar and they remember that your brother has something against you, okay, you go and sort it out. So I didn't try to make my points too catchy. I had a lot of words in there that gives the full idea. Let me uh, read it out. Jesus asked us to deal with offenses before we worship because dealing with offenses is worship. Okay? And I'll explain to you why, even though we don't need the explanation. Amen? If we don't understand it, it doesn't make it untrue. But let's understand to see how great and smart Jesus really is and how Stupid I am for not understanding it fully. Okay? Because claiming to understand one scripture to its absolute full potential, is, it would just be a lie. So, so we're just giving what the Spirit is handing to us right now. Here's the thing. In a world where worship is only what you do, it would be okay. Okay? There is no such world, but it, it exists in the minds of people. Are you with me? There's a lot of people, there's, a, there's agenda driven by the enemy that teaches people, if you do certain things, then you are a Christian. Are you with me? In that world where what you do makes you a Christian, coming to church counts a lot, coming to small group counts a lot, and praying counts a lot. But in the world where your heart needs to be engaged in worship. You cannot carry offense. Because if your heart stays bitter with unforgiveness towards your brother, Scripture says you're not working in forgiveness here. And so your worship is not true. And so he is helping you. You are on your way to worship. It's a, it's, a, it's a great analogy. You're on your way to church or you're busy with this life. And you remember the offense. Deal with it because it makes a pure worshiper of you. It cleanses your heart. And what is in your heart is more important than what you do. Because the heart comes first and what flows out of it second. 
Amen. Jesus speaks to a woman at a well. She says, we do all these things. We go to these mountains. We've got these wonderful uh, places where there's water. Our forefathers, Jesus says, the Father is looking for worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth with the heart. I understand you have a mountain and stuff you do, but if it does not happen here. Okay. Everyone with me? We are going for it tonight. As you just feel, divers here, then the Spirit is working. Amen? Cool. Let's go on. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the God and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Now, the language here is very important. Look at that last verse. Truly I say to you, this is now when you cannot come to terms with the person you are going to the court to. Which court is this? Because this scripture says, Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. It's speaking of justice. You will not get out until justice is served. Is justice always served in this world? People go to jail who may be innocent. People who are very guilty maybe never goes to jail. Are you with me? This is the world. So they never pay the last penny. So whose courtroom is this? The one where justice will always be done. The courtroom of heaven. And what Jesus is saying here is ultimately when we are walking together and we cannot agree. Point number three is that offense against man is offense against God. The judge who wants you to settle the offense. Offense against man is offense against God. Why, guys? This is very important. Because the man from heaven, Jesus, came to the people that offended him. And not only said, do you know what, I can forgive you. He was also broken for them. He was pierced. His skin, not his heart, only his hands. So he came to come together with those who offended him. Who's that? That's you. And now there's another human being next to you. And that person has not sinned against you in the same way you have sinned against God. Why should that person in any case live towards you in a holy way? Who are you? But we offended him greatly, yet he forgave us. with so much love and generosity, and his people must do the same. 
or he is not happy about it. His hand might be against you. If you feel that hand, say thank you. It means your spirit is not seared against the movement of the spirit. But don't remain in unforgiveness because it becomes harder to hear. Amen? Offense against man offends God. Are you still with me? Okay. Leave your gift there before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Okay. Here is just to help you because I know some of you are getting very emotional because of the vastness of the sin committed against you. And you're trying to figure out what does it mean to come together. Let me just say this. Go to a small group leader, talk to someone. We are not saying that the person that molested the young child should be allowed back in the home if there is forgiveness. That's not what we're saying, and you, you need to get that. Forgiveness is something we give. What happens after that, in wisdom of God, we need to deal with, okay? Some people, someone that tried to murder you, maybe should never come in contact with you again, but you can forgive that person unto God. Are you with, And you can say, Lord, you can save that person's life. If your mom and you had a dispute, bring her back into your life. Okay? You have to be wise. I mean, we, we need the spirit. He's here. He's going to help us. But the principle stays the same. But there's something very important that you need to get from this tonight. That is point number four. After reconciliation or forgiveness, the heart may still ache. It's a healing journey. Emotional consent is one thing. Spiritual obedience is another. And as we obey, engage to forgive, the emotions will be on a journey with the Spirit until it catches up. The Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's okay for you to speak to that person and say, I want to come back into your space and fix this relationship while in your own heart you know it still aches. Don't go home and say, God, I don't think I've forgiven and I'm, I'm, I'm just so scared for your judgment. Talk to someone and pray, okay? Take a step of faith. The emotions will come. And it's possible. Who knows Hetty Brits? You know she was raped in her own home? You must hear her speak about the man that did it. Praise for his soul. He's forgiven. He's not allowed in a space. That's not the point. But she's free. God, I'm giving that man to you. You deal with him, but save his soul. Is that an easy prayer? No, no, no. Doesn't mean she feels butterflies when she thinks, no, no, there's terror, there's nightmares, there's anger, but there's also forgiveness. Very important that we learn this. Are you with me, everyone? Very important. 
And so another thing that you're actually communicating to the person is you're not saying, I feel like everything is fine, and, and, but what you're all saying is, I'm letting go of a grudge I'm holding against you. I had a reason to hold this up against you as a blockage. I'm taking it down. Because I was an offense to God. And he came in. And he was pierced for my transgressions. I'm not holding it against you. Okay? Is this making sense? Right. Now, I want to tell you a story and then we'll finish up with point number five. Um, so there's a story, am I saying this correctly, less miserables? Salamis. Uh, Limas. Les Limas. Any case. Who saw that? Well, there's also different versions. So the man comes and he steals a silver plate. Are you with me? From the spiritual leader. Let's just keep it simple. And so the police captures the man who stole the plate. Takes the man to the spiritual leader with the property that he stole so that the man can confirm, this is mine put this man in jail, okay? Man comes to the home of the spiritual leader in custody of the police, and here is what the spiritual leader does. He says, no, no, no. These candles goes with that plate. Here's the candles, okay? And the law was on his side. The law was on his side to put that man in prison. But what he's doing, he's demonstrating grace to that man he says here's the candles and the man's like what's going on here and the man changes because he expected judgment but he got mercy now the point I want to make and that is point number five is when you are wronged you have the opportunity to reveal Jesus and save a life When you are wronged and you come with mercy, you might just, might just help a soul to turn to Christ by not giving judgment, but grace. But how does the world teach us to speak? If someone double crosses me, I will double cross them. If someone talks to me like this, they will not have my respect. What does Jesus say? If someone speaks to me in a disrespectful way, I'm going to blow them away by how I honor them. And so when someone acts against you in sin and you are wrong, don't go into a corner and feel sorry for yourself. You might just be handed the opportunity to model the love of Christ. And that person might just need that to go on their knees that evening and say, Jesus, today it was revealed to me what the cross means. And so why is it 
that dealing with offenses is such a big deal because it changes lives. Yours and the person you go to speak with in a beautiful way they did not expect. This is the type, if you focus on number five, this is salt in the world. That is light in the world. That is your testimony. It's not only saying, oh, you remember Jesus forgives your sin. It's modeling it when emotions and hearts are break, broken. Pressing through, showing, revealing that you have been forgiven and offering it up. This is powerful. For while we were enemies the last night, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. Thank you for that word, Brown. Can we model this? Yes, we can but only in the power of the Spirit. And we're going to have to overcome the flesh. Because we want to insult, we want to react, we want to hurt, we want to see them lose. We want to see them fail at that, at that job because it, it was your job. And, we wanna, and if they fail, we would feel better and we need to change. We need to move from flesh to Spirit because we are not of this world anymore. And so we love differently. Amen? Let's stand up tonight.